and here we are at a new episode of Living Well While Living Online, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. Welcome back, my friends. It is me, Tammy Riley, your host, and I'm really looking forward to sharing this week's self-care episode where we speak with Mark Totoro, who is one of my colleagues at Quinnipiac University, and he serves as the Associate Director for Education Abroad. So as you can imagine, travel is in his DNA. You are in for a treat when we talk about dance as a form of self-care, um, his philosophy and how he and his wife have have been homeschooling their, their children, two, two children when Mark and I... I recorded this and the third child was born shortly thereafter. So please stay tuned for this week's episode of Living Well While Living Online. Very exciting, friends. I'm so thankful for you tuning in to this week's episode of Living Well While Living Online. I am your host, Tammy Riley, and today I have a colleague of mine from Quinnipiac University um, that we will be having conversation with, Mark Totora. Mark, thank you for joining us. I'm glad to be here, Tammy. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Mark and I joke that he's one of my work husbands. Yes, we are both happily married, but we've <laughs> traveled together a few times and just really have enjoyed, you know, the yeah. time. We have very similar interests. We approach yes. it in the same way. And and we've, you know, I've really enjoyed getting to know you. I think it's um I was telling somebody the other day, to me, it's one of the biggest um, things that I'm so appreciative of at the university is these opportunities. And it's not just the travel, but it's getting to meet my colleagues and not just walking by you and be like, hey, Mark, how's your kids? Right. It's getting to really know you. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I hope I support that. I think feel like we have you create such a great connection when you travel with someone, you learn about them, you're able to go above and beyond that communication rather than just that sort of passerby, hello, how you doing? Sort of yeah, thing. yeah. It makes it so rich. And for me, I love that connection. Yeah, um, I, would I, I would love for you to give a, a brief overview of you, who you are. Um, you can talk about what you do, anything at all that you want to share. But I will say that what I one of the other things that I love about Mark is I did know him as a student at Quinnipiac, although we weren't really connected. Like I would see you in the building. I, you know, I, I knew who you were. And uh, then it's just so nice to be able to, I'm going to say, watch you grow. Right. So, you know, you're a student and now you're part of our professional staff and you've been there for so long. And, yes. and I just, I love that. I love that about Quinnipiac too. So please share, share a bit about you. Yeah. It's like, well, it's like Quinnipiac and, you know, you said it, it's like having a, uh, a family, a second family, <laughs> uh, which is comforting. So, you know, as, as you said, I, I graduated from Quinnipiac in 2005, um, and so as a, as a business student, um, an entrepreneurial uh, management business major, um, and then, you know, after that, uh, sort of explored, you know, what I was going to do with my life, like everybody is after you graduate, and then I decided to um, really go into the fact that. Um, I had an international experience when I was at Quinnipiac, and that really changed my life. Um, as many students may share with you, um, or anyone that has some sort of um, transitional experience. Um, but for me, being abroad in a different culture was amazing. So I hung on to that, and then I sort of wanted to pursue that, and I kept being persistent in pursuing that, <laughs> and ended up ended up back at Quinnipiac, uh, working in you know uh, now as the Department of Cultural and Global Engagement. Um, and, and working to sort of help facilitate students to have 
um, that experience overseas for a semester um, or more. So again, you know, that's a little bit about, you know, then once I started working again, working at Quinnipiac, um, I then decided to get my master's overseas, one uh, of another opportunity to travel. So I did that. I got my MA over in Cork, Ireland. Um, I know our favorite place, our favorite um, place. <laughs> one of our favorite places. <laughs> yes. And one of, and so, um, and then, at the end, and you know, as far as my personal life in between all that, you know, um, of course, I was, I was married to my wonderful wife Laura, um, who was extremely supportive through all of the different transitions that I bring her to it. We, one thing we laugh about <laughs> together is like every couple of years, I'm like, okay, what's next? What's our big What's our big transition? What are we going to do? Whether, you know, it's traveling or having a kid or, you know, yeah. uh, the things that life throws at you. Right. And so um, we were, you know, she was with me and supported me through all of those um, school schooling as well as I supported her through through schooling and so forth. Um, you know, and then our life started out and we, we'd love to travel. We've got uh, two little ones and one on the way. I know. Um, you and couldn't so, travel yeah. this year, so you had to have a third child. <laughs> you know, that's just, I guess that's how it goes. I know the transition. I needed something. This was, this was it. I know. So. I love that. I love that. And I love that you're such a family guy. And, oh, um, yeah. Very much. Families are very important to me. Yes, you and I share that as well. We have a lot of talks about the importance of that. And I think, you know, if we take a step back, both of our our love of Cork and that experience, Mm. to me, it is that sense of family there, right? And our listeners have met Mary, who's your connection over there, and she is like family, right? So when when you get there, you don't feel like you're a tourist in Cork. You really feel like you're part of the community. And I think that that's what's really drawn us in, or at least for yes. me. Oh, it's true. You're embraced right away, which is yeah. great. It's it's very comforting, and and like you said, it's it's just being a part of that community. That's why you know I call I call it my other home, right? And so you know, it's been hard not to go there, but at the same time, I'm appreciative of where I am right now and how I'm doing as a person. So it's okay. Yeah, yeah that time will time will come again. And and before we get into more of like how you care for yourself. I want to just um, let people know that that I approached you with this idea, which I knew you'd be open to, which is why I approached you, of, of integrating more wellness and to really look at um, adding some wellness to the study abroad component, because I know it's hard. That transition for a lot of students is very difficult. You want to go away. You, you think that you're going to have, you know, whatever your expectations are, but you get away and sometimes you're homesick or they flounder a little. And it was just this idea, if we could give them some more, I'm going to say support and resources and tools like resiliency wise, you know, how would that help? And would we see a difference? So I love how open to everything you are. And so Mark and I, about a year ago with your Mm -hmm. students, your last, your last group that got to go over there, we went back to Cork together and we did a wellness weekend, which was like the highlight of my year. It was just amazing to, it was like simple and epic at the same time. And I loved it. So, you know, I love it. Yeah, like how willing you are to look at that point of view. So I have to thank you for that because, you know, not everyone shares that same view and those that lens, which well, I know you do. I have to thank you also because, you know, again, it's I wouldn't say it's my expertise, but I, I do, um, I love wellness. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a huge part of who we are as people, right? And so um, having, uh, 
you know, your knowledge and wisdom to be imparted onto our students, you know, in another location where they're very vulnerable um, mm -hmm. to a time of transition and, and wellness is extremely important. And like you said, a lot of them, this could be the first time that they're traveling outside of, um, you know, the country, or it could be many things and variables that um, as you take a big journey to another country and you live there, right? It's, um, again, some people say, oh yeah, it's really easy for me. But more and more, there are challenges and obstacles that come with it. And so being on site with them and, mm -hmm. and providing those workshops around wellness, um, I thought it was just beautiful. And it was so well attended. And, you know, you just felt like you were really enriching that experience to the fullest by adding such a, I think every program should have it, but that's just my opinion. But it, it, is, it does add another layer. <laughs> I'm willing to work on that, Mark. I'm willing to work on that. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It was <clears throat> something about and, – and so, again, for people who aren't really sure, like like we just send a – Quinnipiac sends a big contingency of students right. to this program in Cork. Our students are studying abroad all over. But because of our health science uh, programs, you know, the affiliation and keeping kids on track to graduate, you know, gets difficult when they want to have the travel abroad experience. So so in Cork, there is this program where most of our health science students get to go. There's a certain semester that it really works and it keeps them on track and it gives them the experience. So that's why this is, you know, sort of the, the piece de, la, piece de la resistance at Quinnipiac, right? Yeah, because no. it's, you know, the, the biggest group and it was really fun to bring them all together and have conversation, this type of conversation and answer questions and, um, you know, see what they were doing and what they what they needed help with now that they had been there. I think they had been there about a month when I got right. there, when we got back. Yep. Um, Which is great timing to, to really be able to do something like that because it gives them enough time to really, you know, have a somewhat of an adjustment period and then have that refresher and really talk about and focus about their wellness as, as they travel through this experience. So I thought it was, it was perfect timing. So it was a great model. It was a great model to use for the future because, again, we have this program. It is our largest you know, group of students attending it. So it was a great way to sort of now we can move forward and shape and, you know, tweak and, you know, as we've talked about as we move mm -hmm. into, you know, other locations possibly. But um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to, you know, know. restarting that up again. As we, travel. <laughs> we felt like we had just, we were so excited when we got back and then next time we're going to, and then all of a sudden, why? I know we just made it. I, do. I can't believe we were there in February. It was, oh, we didn't think this would happen, but it is, yes. it is what it is. Okay. So that's such a great segue. So we were there literally in February. Our conversation with our partner, Mary, around the dinner table was, what do we think about this COVID thing? What's going to happen? Do we think it's going to impact? And sure enough, we get home and a few weeks later, you know, everyone starts shutting down and the students came home. So what happened for you, right? Your role is to, you know, do the info sessions to hmm. get people ready on the back end, right? There's a lot of logistics that's involved with study abroad, um, whether right. they're going to Cork or anywhere. So your whole job is supporting these students and a lot of students that travel. So now we have these students everywhere in the world. We come home, all of this happens. So what happens for your life and with your <laughs> life at this point? Well, it, it was a little bit of a nightmare, to be honest. Um, but again, it was the reality of the situation, right? And uh, everything moved very fast during right. that time period. You know, it, I wasn't, no one was expecting that all of a sudden we were going to be in a pandemic and there was going to be a virus that was just, you know, traveling very quickly throughout the country, you know, throughout the world. And it was, it was, it was challenging, right? And then people were learning as we were going, what do we need to do? What, what's going to happen? And so for me specifically, it was really working um, intentionally to 
get our students back home because the outcome of the situation was better for them to be back home based on what we were seeing and how this virus was traveling and so forth, um, that as a university, you know, we made that decision. Again, a lot of institutions made the same decision. It wasn't easy. You know, it, it's hard when, when you as yourself is trying to understand the situation, you're also trying to work with families about the situation because you're bringing their student home. And you're also trying to work with the students who are saying, you're just tearing this experience away from me. Um, and it's hard for them to understand what's happening, right? They, again, everybody has various perspectives and views and they're in other countries and their, their views and perspectives are going to be very different about what's happening. So it, I, it was very challenging. Um, but, you know, we, we, I had a great, you know, you have great support, you know, that the university was behind me, which was wonderful. Um, you know, I was part of a task force um, and still am that was, that was there to support, you know, sort of this, this time period of bringing our students home and what we needed to do to get them back home as safe as possible. And we did, and they were home um, and everybody did get home safely. And, it, you know, in the end of the day, that was the, that was the important part of it, um, you know, Things happened along the way, and that's okay because you learn from them. And not that they were easy, but you know, challenges are not supposed to be easy, and that was definitely a challenge. You know, so we, I feel like I've learned a lot just in those short couple months that I can take with me for the next time we have to approach a situation like that. Risk management is on the top of the top of the par for things now, so. For sure. We all learned so much and, and we didn't even realize we needed to learn these things, right? But right. It, it is hard because the kids are so excited about this experience. And I think, you know, you always have to think about risk management. There's different things, right? There's different areas of the world that maybe we have to pay attention to more safety or, right. you know, a volcano is erupting in one area and you need to be more heightened and aware. There's pockets of things yeah. that happen. But this was so interesting because it was worldwide, as you said. Yeah. So it was, yeah. it affected every student and every program. And that's a lot of families and students to work with. Um, yeah. So yes. I can imagine it was exhausting. <laughs> it was exhausting. Yes, it was. I was telling, I was telling others, I, it was about a, at least three weeks straight that sleep was not really an option at that time. So self-care was not something I was really considering. I was really more focused on, um, you know, uh, everybody else, but myself right. at that point. Um, but that was the priority. Um, but you know, as things settled, I, I reverted back to my, my normal state of self-care. <laughs> right. But that's like, that's what happens. And I think that's so important for people to understand. Right. And I know that you have such a strong practice of self-care, which is, I'm really excited to dive into that. But I think people forget that if they, I'm going to say fall off the wagon for whatever reason. And there's moments in life where you can't devote the same time, the birth of a child, like you're not going to yeah. get any sleep and you've got these other two kids and like probably your own self-care is going to have to be put on the back burner, right? Or right, these moments yeah. at work, right? Epic moments where, but it doesn't mean that we don't go back to it. So thank you for, yeah. for saying like, I had to devote this time. It was grueling, but then I needed to go back to me. And um, yeah, yeah. Right. It's, so, it's true. The reality was that you know, it was a, I had to set my priorities at the moment and, and um, that was what I did, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> it's like I said, I'm, we're back to it. I feel like we're somewhat back to a, a presence that, you know, I could focus more on having that 
holistic view, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is about that life and balance. And we talk about the daily balance where, okay, did I get time for me? And am I feeling like, you know, this is, this is a good place and this is how I thrive. But then there's these pockets of time periods. And in that time period, everyone was in this fight or flight mode. I mean, not that we all are out of that. I think there's a lot of that still, but I think um, that realization that, you know, that was the priority and, and then they'll, then I've got to get back to me. And so I'm glad right. that you did that. I'm glad you're back to you. And <laughs> thank you. I want you to talk about some of the things that fill you up and keep you grounded and that you consider self-care and you have some really cool interests that I think are different. Most people, you know, our first thought is working out and moving and trying to eat well. And those are definitely things that I know are important to you, but you have some really cool other things that Mm -hmm. I think you consider self-care. So if you don't mind expanding on some of the ways you do keep you you. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you, as I mentioned before, family is a big part of my life. You know, so if my family is is well too, that also fills me up, right? That's part of making me feel that I'm in a good place, knowing that my family is is also in a good place. Um, and again, it's I feel like it goes it goes hand in hand for me at least. Um, but there are there are many things as a unit that we do, you know, as, as a family. Um, but I feel like um, provides sort of that you know self care. I think. Uh, one thing as a as a family unit, um, and I mentioned before, my my wife and I have done this since I met her in high school. But we dance, right? And dance to us is a very powerful way um, for us to feel, you know, feel good, to feel feel like our bodies are in check, are in balance. Um, and uh, you know, others may not feel that, but as a as and as a family, our, our daughters do it too, and they love it. It's a way to to express yourself. So I feel like um, it's a way to take the energy that's inside of you, whether it be frustration, whether you're just down or depressed that day, or there's things that are happening and you're trying to navigate them in your mind. So dance sort of like shoots them out, you know, and I feel like it provides that center for you and stability um, as a whole. And that has always been the case. And it's something that we share and we bond too with, you know, and the one thing about dance, which is beautiful is you don't, have to you have a conversation with your body and you don't have to have a conversation so much with the the your voice doesn't need to be a part of it so thinking processes is different you mm-hmm. know and that sort of resonates and has always resonated um uh, with with myself and again you know with my wife and she she got me hooked when we were you know in high school <laughs> and so and it followed us all these years down the down the way and we still do it we still dance together we still are part of a collective and dance and it's really one way i would say a strong way um that we we feel that self-care as a whole is, is part of us i mean it is, it's been i would say it's been a struggle these last couple you know months right. with covid um right. but our house is still a tool for dance. <laughs> so. Yes, that's what I was just going to ask you. So if you can't get out to your normal studio, your normal groups, because yeah. I know you're part of groups, you've just, yeah. you know, it's like flipping the switch indoors and your home becomes the studio. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, and that's exactly what we do. And our, and again, like I said, my our daughters just um, have enveloped, like just lo- the passion. Is, and the thing is, we have never said to, to them, you, you must dance, you should dance, we dance, and never, we're not those kind of parents, we really want to see where their where passions lie. And 
I'm telling you, like it's as as babies, the music was on. Like now, it's like on their own. They just the music is there, and they literally will spend just hours just dancing. Uh, and so it's beautiful to it's beautiful. And again, it it really was their own choices that they've made that sort of path, which is beautiful. Um, so that's one way of that you know as a unit that we I feel like self care is is a part of our family household. Um, so I mean, other ways, you know, we are homeschool family. Um, and so we, we love, uh, education. Um, and so it's a big part of our everyday life. Um, you know, my wife always says education is all around us. And so I always feel like, um, learning is always a part of (laughs) our daily routine. (laughs) So, you know, uh, I feel like we're constant reading family books are always around us everywhere in our house there are books books are reading for breakfast books are reading for lunchtime books are reading for (laughs) evening time there are books all the time and we're always reading books and it's knowledge and knowledge i feel like is a way of self-care also Mm. if you feel like that be equipping yourself with that knowledge you know provides that i feel like um just you know feeling confident in who you are you know as you sort of uh, surround yourself with literature and things that you're learning and so forth and um, so, you know, again, and I, I feel, you know, I like to use the word blessed, but that's, you know, I feel, I do feel blessed in the sense that we have the, you know, opportunity to be able to homeschool. My wife is the primary homes, you know, homeschooling um, for the, for the family. Um, but of course I, a part of it when I can be, um, you know, and again, everything in our life is, is, is we create an education around like we raised chickens, you know, we had bees, you know, they things like we sort of try to do that self-sustainability sort of model in many ways. And, you know, cooking is very much from scratch. Like, but a lot of that is plays a role in, in, in my opinion, in self-care, you know? Um, So that's just, it's important to us. It fulfills us. So to me, you know, it's a, it's a self, it's a way of of self-care. So, those are a few things that, you know, we do uh, as a, as a family unit for self-care, like personally, yeah. you know, um, I always, I always, every morning <laughs> I always do my, you know, I'll do sort of a reflection or a meditation or a, mm-hmm. or a, a reading, uh, biblical reading. And then I'll do my, you know, I'll do some walking, whether that be on a treadmill or, or outside wherever, just to get that sort of start, um, you know, as, as a whole, um, just to get the day going right? As, as a unit, as for, for me personally. Um, right. And that's, that's one, that's one way. But again, there's a lot of, you know, I always, I told you this, like in the evening time, like one of my favorite <laughs> things to do for self-care is like, uh, and again, it's like, I like baths, but you know, some people <laughs> don't, some people do. I like baths and I like my Epsom salt. So you know what? If you like your bath and you like your Epsom salt and you put a little lavender in it, you're good to go. Oh my god! Because I sleep so much better after that Epsom salt has soaked in <laughs> with that lavender smell. And so I'm good. I, you know, I feel like I've, I've, the day has gone and I'm ready, you know, to sleep and be prepared for another day. It's sort of like a closure to my day. And so I often do that. And I love candles. So those are the, the, those, and then my family does too, but it's just like one of those things that, you know, we can't go a day without someone taking an Epsom salt bath in our house. <laughs> I love it. No, I love it because it is like, there is um, so much 
out there that you could read about the benefits of Epsom salt, you know, what it can do for yeah. you and the removal of the toxins, the lavender yeah. you're adding as that calming. But, but I think the biggest thing that I love about that whole statement was the day is gone. So you literally are using this as a way to kind of wash the day away, right? Whatever's happened, you emerge from that bath and you're like, okay, good. I've cleaned it off and now I can go to sleep and start fresh. I love that idea. It's closure. Definitely is because there's a new day ahead. So I'm, I'm ready to take that day on now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so cool, and it's you know very intentional, very very intentional, and so uh, it's such a good thing for your young girls to see too. You know, I think it's so important. I know you're not saying you have to dance or you have to do this, but our children, right, are watching. You're role modeling, of course, even without saying. And so when you're caring for yourself, which you and Laura do, when you're caring for each other as a unit, you know, these are the things that are part of your girls that. And your new baby, whatever the new baby is. I don't know if you know. I didn't even ask you. Um, Maybe boy, but we don't have a name yet. <laughs> oh, yay! You're going to add a boy. That's so exciting. Um, yes, yeah. So, you know, these are the things that your young young children are observing. And, oh, of course. Yeah. And it's so important to to give them that that point of view, that perspective. And then they grow up. You know, I just think for how I grew up, and we could just say fitness, for example. Like my parents yeah. weren't going to the gym and they weren't working out and we didn't say, you know, we ate well because we were food people, but it wasn't like, don't eat too much junk or don't, you know, I didn't grow up where we were thinking about those things. So, you know, then you have to teach yourself as an, as an adult where I look at my children who grew up with people who move, you know, I never said you need to go to the gym, but my children are very active. They love, they don't think twice about it, right? That's part of their life. Um, Eating well is important to them. So I just, I can say from, you know, my own, having raised my children who are now old, it it makes it easier. It just makes it easier for them. It does. And that's one of the, you know, um, things that when we think of education, education is like an atmosphere or whatever's happening around you. People, you know, they look at that. They look at that discipline. They look at those habits that are being created, and especially your children are looking at those things to, as parents, right? And and so what we're putting into our bodies and how we're, you know, starting our day, it all connects. Everything right. connects. It's not just one specific thing, you know? It's like if you're having a bad day, well, was part of that bad day maybe the food that you took, took into your body? Like, mm-hmm. there, it's all connected. You know, again, mm-hmm. we're always ones to focus on specific things, but we need to create that, you find, you know, the education is within around us, right, as a whole. Um, so just something I've learned over time. <laughs> yeah, and that's the whole idea, as you're, you were saying, you know, whether you're raising your chickens and you're trying to live a little more sustainably and, you know, it's all of these pieces and th- that care, you're you're growing your children in this environment of just being aware of the, of the oh, yeah. interconnectedness of everything. Oh, it is. It's so, it's, it's, it's really cool, actually. So, and and what I what I'm just now thinking about as you and I were talking, you actually have part of the experience that our students when they go to Cork, part of the experience that you've woven in for them is they go stay with a, a local family on their farm. And this, and if I'm remembering right, isn't this family? It's it's very much sustainable, and they yeah. learn a lot about the kind yeah. of the homestead ways. And I yeah. love that you're giving our our college students this experience as well. Well, it's interesting, right? What what you reap is what you like, you know, the things that are part of you often sort of mm. filter into the work that you do and the things, experiences that you hope to 
part onto others. Of course, they're going to take that experience and digest it and do what they will with it. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's who I am. And so, yeah, I mean, they live on a dairy farm. Yep. In the West of Cork. Um, And there's a lot of sustainability that goes on there and and the things that they do and that they learn when the students are there. And it's, it really is great. It's a great foundation. And you, again, our students, it's great to expose, you know, our student, because, you know, growing up, these are some things that I wasn't exposed to, right? So the the best we can do to our kids or our students is to expose them, right? And of course, they're going to make that, you know, and, and look at what that information is and go from there. But yeah, I'm always... I'm always trying to integrate some of the things that I, I, you know, our passions, again, they flow over to others. I mean, it is what it is. What's so cool about that is it's not that every student needs to leave that experience saying, I want to live this way or I want to, yeah. but right. every student that I spoke to, the two of the, the, the things that they loved the most about their experience was that weekend where they got to immerse themselves with a family, a local family local. and Mary and having tea and scones at Mary's, right? And so those are things that you don't do, I'm going to say as a quote unquote tourists or a lot of people who travel don't get an experience like that. And it wasn't like kissing the Blarney stone or seeing the castle that stood out. It was these human experiences. And um, yeah, the authenticity of it is, is, is key. Yeah. You need to create, you need to help structure that because oftentimes it's hard to, to, to take it on the initiative yourself as a student in within the experience. I mean, there are so many things happening, right. And so many things in the agenda that they want to plug into it's it's nice to provide a little bit of that structure and, and those those units that you said the family and so forth yeah, yeah. Great. so with your obviously we're, we're not sending kids abroad so things have shifted a little bit so I know you're not you know 24 7 focusing on that at the moment but we're we're working I know you and I've been talking I know you're working on getting yeah. that back yeah. but I just think for for a lot of what you do are you more online now than than you were before like how is that online impacting you and your children and mm-hmm. um, how are you feeling with all of that? Yeah, I, I, I have been a lot more online uh, just, you know, as, as these last several months, you know, just, you know, changing sort of my lens and what needs to be done to support the university during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, it's okay. I mean, it, and it's great that we have the opportunity to still be engaged virtually, even though it's not always the ideal way to communicate with others, but it is a way um, it, but I have to say that for being a low tech family as a whole, and right. that we very much have always been very careful about the technology that we have around the family and, you know, what very pace ourselves on, on what we're putting, you know, watching or be very intentional about just technology as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> that has gone a little bit, you know, again, in a different direction being that I'm always on the computer I'm home and you know my kids are seeing me more on the computer and and having these you know this discussion as we tend to don't utilize the computers with our children at the moment so it is a very bit of balance to how to you know it's again it's education right it just you know and this just understanding where we are in life at the moment and that's like as a you know and helping our children to understand this is what we're doing because this is what we have to do right now and it's it's okay but, you know, and then again, as things change, it's not, you know, you, you have to have a balance. I, I very firmly believe there's, there's, there has to be a balance of it. And I don't think in the last several months, the balance has necessarily been there because like it is, it's just like you're, you're working, working, you're fighting to, to resolve the concerns that are happening and getting, you know, knowledge to understand what we need to do in a situation, right? And that's, it's, it's not happened before, at least in my life. 
Right. And so, you know, putting yourself in front of a screen and communicating and researching more than I have ever done before. Again, it's part of this phase. And I just try to be intentional in teaching my children that that is what it is. And then also being intentional as like, shut it down. It's time to shut it down. You know what I mean? Or it's time to have, you know, breakfast or dinner with my family. I'm shutting it down. And I, you know, I'm focusing on being present within those spaces, um, which is, you know, sometimes it's hard to do when your mind is racing about something, right? Mm. Um, So it really is providing that, you know, you know, focus. So even more than ever is having to be more intentional about shutting down electronic, shutting down the technology to be present somewhere else. Whereas before it was easier because, you know, I'd leave it some, leave it behind or I did it at work or I didn't have to bring it home, but now it is home more or less. So. Right. Everything is, yeah, it's kind of all blended. No, but I love that. Thank you. Because I think, you know, I noticed for myself on a day where maybe I'm working from home, right? And we all worked from home for a while. Now it's great that we're on campus. You know, I see you on campus, but you know, on a day that I work home more, I see that just like you're saying at breakfast time, because you know, everyone in my house might be gone. The computer's on. I'm already answering emails while I'm having breakfast. My lunch, I might grab something, sit down and continue. You know, there's no boundaries. I'm not being as good with boundaries. Um, and I'm, you know, it's a little bit different for me where I don't have my young children at home. Obviously, if they were here, you have more incentive to close things down because you have right. these other humans to be with. Yeah. But I think that we do need to shut it down and have that more intentional mindset of, okay, my my head is going to spin, but this can wait. And I need to focus on these beautiful faces in front of me at the table or, you know, if you're helping them read or whatever it is. And yeah, well, it's, you have to refuel too. Even if it was just you like yourself, right? It's like, if there is something to be said about taking a walk outside mm. around the block, but you know, and then coming back in, there is some sort of re is a feeling of re-energizing your mind as a whole, right? And um, it's just, it's not, you know, again, we have to be intentional about being present in those those times. And that's one thing I like to do. I love walking around our neighborhood and just observing what's outside of us. And that's a very big part of our, you know, network here within our, our house is, is nature. Nature is like being outside. The more you're outside, the better <laughs> in yes. our house. If you're inside too long, you, we, we pushed you outside. <laughs> Uh, even with a computer yeah whatever it is chickens you're walking around buildings whatever just doing anything you can in nature observing what's happening around you it's, it's just key because there's so many things um it's a for us it's a great great way to sort of refuel and so we always have this we have this chart for our kids it was like how many hours have you spent outside like you know if you think thousands of years ago like out you know people were outside for like what eight nine hours a day Right. Yeah, and yeah. so you think about it, it's like uh, we're so much more the opposite of being inside. So we're always like, did you color your, did you get your six hours today? <laughs> like, it's almost the whole day, Papa. <laughs> like, All right, I love well, that. At least get three. Let's go. <laughs> that is so true. So when you and your brother, so Mark, if you don't know, I don't think we mentioned this. Mark is a twin. <laughs> and then he has another brother. So did you and your brothers um, spend a lot of time outside growing up? Was that your childhood? Because I know it was mine. Yes. Oh, very much so. Yeah. We were outside a lot. Like we had trees and the forest and we just would get lost in there and do all sorts of great things and create different things. And and so, yeah, I, I love my brothers for that. It was really great that we had that opportunity and where we were located that lended itself to that too, which was, a, you know, also a gift. So I'm very thankful for that um, because I still appreciate it, you know, 
uh, today. And I was a scout too. So scouts is, you know, outside. If you're a scout, you're outside, you know, building fires, camping, all those things. And again, it's just, I look at it differently now, though. There's much of a different type of appreciation, you know, as I learn about, you know, about that sort of nature studies and observing and things that we're doing with our kids. And, you know, I like that sort of also aspect of being outside, you know, there's, you know, there's lots of ways to experience the outside. So. Yeah, no, it's, and it's different raising children now and what outside and what that environment is. And there's a lot right. more we have to think about and worry about. And True. I was even just having this conversation with a friend. It's, it's raising children now. And not only do you have the outside, the literal outside that we have to be more fearful of, right? Which we do, right. but we have outside of our bubble with technology and all the things that you have to think about raising these young girls yeah. that are going to turn into women um, yeah. with cyberbullying and what they have access to and the contact, you know, it's just so many more things that you now need to think about to parent. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, sorry. it's, it's true though. Like as you, you introduce something, but, and that's where the education comes in, right? Cause as you introduce these pieces, cause it's not like our girls are not going to be using technology, right? It's part of our culture. So, you know, it's going to, it's part of that. So the question is, how do you introduce it? Right? right. And you can do your best as a parent to introduce it in a healthy way, but, you know, and, and hopefully that continues, but mm. it's, you know, you, you, you can do as much as you can as a parent, but it's, as I, you know, to other parents, it's like, we can't beat ourselves up. Like we, we can do the best that we know and that we learn and we educate. And then again, they're going to make their decisions at some point on their own. Right. right? And I know we always feel we want to protect them, which is so true because we love them so much and I do so much, but I know that there are going to be challenges that come, come, come from being, you know, a child and going into adulthood. There are challenges all around us and it's how you, and, you know, I teach this course with our students. It's like, how do you engage within that transition, within that challenge? How do you navigate through it? Like, it's, it's so important. If you can equip yourself with the strategies to navigate that challenge, it, you know, and again, some challenges are so hard. You know, mm -hmm. I've been through some things that are really, really sad in my life, and it is not easy. And, uh, you know, again, it's how you, your perspective and how you navigate it is going to definitely give, you know, provide that sort of outcome and how you sort of get through it, right? And again, I, like I said, some are easier than others. Right. So. No, so true, you know, and uh, it is that idea of taking a breath in those moments and gaining some perspective. And I love that that's part of the dialogue you have within your class, because I do oh, yeah. think our students, and we see this, they forget. And, and sometimes the littlest thing seems so epic and big, right? And not to minimize, right? Because it's always our perspective, but it, but it is just sometimes that step back, you know, like, all right, let's, let's just observe on the outside. Let's take a deep breath, put a little space between us and the situation. And then yeah. how, how can we move through? And yes, we, we, we all need to work on how to do that. I think a little bit more. I oh yeah. Na navigating is, 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 is <laughs> it takes time. <laughs> it yeah. takes strategy and it takes that courage to, to, think about what do I need to do in order to get through it, you know, through right. that transition, through that challenge, um, and to make the challenge and transition much more richer, right? As for our students going abroad, it's like, I love that they are spending six, six months, four to six months overseas in another country, but there's so much to learn. Right. Um, but, you know, to any transition, you need some structure, you need to be able to, to get through that and be intentional about it, be mindful, because if you're not going to be mindful about the transition, um, it sort of gets lost or it just, you just sort of live in it and, and it's sort of a moment and then it passes. 
right? But it's nice to have the mindful sort of um, observation within within the transition. So when you're navigating through it, it's, it can be as positive or successful as one one transition could be, right? Even though it may be hard, like I recognize that. So again, something I love for our students very yeah. much. So is there anything that you're currently doing now because of our, you know, our new environment that, yeah. you know, that we weren't doing before that you're thinking, huh, maybe this is something that now is going to stay, even though we're going to go back and I'm going to send kids to these in-person experiences and, you know, my, my life might go back to a little bit more of that. Is there anything that you've been doing that you're kind of thinking might, might stick around that maybe you weren't open to before? Well, I mean, it's, it's, you know, as far as work or just in personal anything, life, any, anything. I, mean, like, <laughs> I think we have so many new things. Like I'll just give an example, like work-wise, we had to go online with our fitness classes, right? We never had done that before. But even when, now that we're in person and even say looking to mm-hmm. next year where maybe most of our stuff is in person, I think we'll always have some element of online. Like it really was a way that we now can reach a different group of students. If our students are in Cork and they want to work out with their friend that's back home teaching a class, which we know happens, they can still have that opportunity, right? So yeah. I that was something really valuable. It wasn't like I, we weren't doing that yet. We had thought about yeah. it, but we weren't doing it. And now it pushed us. Um, oh, yeah. Well, so, it's, a, it's, it's a true though. That That is a huge benefit, in my opinion, for a tool moving forward. And again, our students... They often engage well with with being online. It, that you know that is what it is, and it's it's a great way to reach students. And so I feel like even from my work as a whole, like I definitely will be implementing a lot more things and conversations that we can have, you know, online as a unit. And sometimes you know it's like I would do group sessions at nine, ten o'clock at night, right? Mm-hmm. And so driving forty five minutes, you know to get to somewhere and driving 45 minutes back, right. you know, is, is a lot, right? There's, and so it cuts down a little bit for me personally as a commute, whereas I can gather those groups of students here as a unit online. And so that, that to me is there's I feel like there's benefit all around. And so I, I very much support using the strategies and tools of online in a healthy way um, by, you know, educating our students on whether it's study abroad or other things. I've done a lot of advising in the last several weeks online with students and so and i love it because it's like we can i you know we can do it we can we can share i mean i can you know have some tea and like it's a different type of communication right i love tea i love tea (laughs) um, and it's like but it really is a different type of you know environment we're not face to face and i love that too but i do feel like you know i'm there's a different environment around me and behind me, with me, you know, um, and there's a casual sense, but it's also comforting in ways too. So I don't know. I think there's a lot, there's positivity to it. There's, you know, you got to look at the, I always try to look at the good side of, of things. Um, so yeah, I definitely will, you know, bring the technology with me moving, with moving forward. Um, but, you know, in my personal life per se, I would say that um, I'm sort of looking forward to, whereas things will be, I'm looking forward more to a better routine. Right now, the routine has really been displaced a bit based on some of my other responsibilities um, mm-hmm. and so forth. And that that I, I like to strive. I, I do really well when there's routine. Um, and so that has been sort of lacking. Um, so I'm, I'm ready to leave behind the the frenzy a little and sort of really get down to, okay, this is, this is how the routine of the day is going to play out um, with work or, you know, 
and so forth. I mean, the routine in my, my, my life at home is somewhat not changed, but also I am more home. So that does throw mm. a different type of, you know, environment too. And because Papa's home and I right. play with Papa. <laughs> and so it's, and I love it, you know, I love it, but it's like, you know, it's like, you know, work and this and that. So again, I, I do well with routine and, and structure. So I'm looking forward to getting more of that in place as things sort of, you know, come to a different light. We'll see. Yeah. I wish that for you. And I hope it's soon for, for all of us because, yeah. you know, you want to be too. in that situation where you feel like you're thriving, where you feel like, I'm going to say in control, not that we know that we can't control everything, but, but you know, you know what to expect. Here's the routine. And it, it makes us feel better. Makes us feel yeah. better about our situations. Totally yeah. Does. All right. Totally so I have does. one, one last question sure. um, before I set you free. I know you have things to do today, but I, I like to ask everyone and I, you are such a kind human and I know, I know who you are and how you treat others, uh, whether it's your immediate family or those around you. But I have to ask you, are you good at being your own best friend? Um, I would say, I, I would say I'm not as good as being a friend to others, honestly. Okay. I, my default, and you can ask anybody even my wife, that I tend to, I tend to lean towards others' concerns or problems to help support that than I do in the fact of being a friend to myself. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it, the fact is that I naturally feel better when I am supporting someone else okay, or, or replicating kindness to others and being present with them, sharing in their joy. Or, or or blessing them in some way. And somehow that's probably one of my best uh, feelings is when I can be a, ser a servant or have a servant heart to others makes me feel so good. So right. I, so being a best friend to myself is a default that that somehow makes me feel like I'm being good to myself. But in reality, is it? It's something I sort of, I guess I struggle with and sort of how to balance that. Right. And I mean, I respect who I am, but I don't often, my mind often thinks of others. Like, I mean, when, my wife will say, when you're abroad, you need someone just to keep track of you because you're so concerned about the students and your, your brain goes in, in, in being fully present for them. Right. Uh, that I often, you know, again, thinking of who I am and what I need is it, it again, it's part of my routine. If it's part of my routine, I, I do it. Okay. But as a de as a default, mm -hmm. I tend to I tend to I would say being a friend to myself is often secondary. Yeah, if that makes sense. No, I definitely. I, yeah, a hundred percent. I I agree, and I I curious this question. I'm just so curious about in general because I think it's it is for many of us. We are our we are our harshest critic. And we don't treat ourselves, the inner voice, the outer voice, the same way we would treat our friends and, um, or even spending time and help and care or thinking about ourselves. I think for many of us, we have, we, we are exactly what you're saying. Like, I'm so focused on what's happening outside of me and that's my concern, which is great. And it does make us feel good. But I think sometimes yeah. then we forget or neglect or just aren't as kind as we should be to ourselves. And I know it's something that I've been working on. Um, mm -hmm. I've been trying to be more present with it. It was actually in a 
in a book and like the first chapter, like I opened it up and it was um, something about going the journey because you are your own friend and you are the only one, like it doesn't matter who else is in your life. You are the only one that you're going to do this entire journey on with fully. And it just was so profound in that moment. And I just thought, God, am I good at that? And I've yeah. been trying to be better. So I'm just curious what everyone's perspective is and how they think they're doing. And yeah. yeah, well, I appreciate your perspective there because it does help me think about things. And, you know, again, it, we lose sight of us, you know, and we are as individuals are, you know, again, it's our body, our mind, right? We're temples. And I just yeah. feel like if we're not, if we're not checked in, how are we supposed to be able to be checked in for others? And so it does make a point because you do make, you do make a great point. And I wanted to, to really think about what, what we need, you know, as our, as, as, a, as us as individuals, um, which again, sometimes it's secondary for me at least. So. Yeah. Agreed. So, yeah. We're, we're going to be better about it. Yeah. We'll we're, we're making a pack. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> oh, Mark, thank you so much for well, just welcome. being so honest about, you know, everything and, and sharing. And I always love our conversations. This is why, again, I love to travel and I look forward to our next yes. adventure whenever it happens, because yes. it, likewise, these are conversations that you and I have over breakfast um, or yeah. on the bus or wherever <laughs> we happen to be. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, I appreciate that. I've really enjoyed um, all of that. And so thank you for, for spending no, time. Fun. My pleasure. It's, it's, I really enjoyed being part of this conversation. Of course, you know, likewise, I always enjoy talking with you. It's nice to have that similar energy, you know, and yeah. feed off of others. I really like that. So thank you. Yeah, of course. All right. Thanks, everyone. All right. Big hugs going out to Mark for the time he took out of his crazy day, especially with that newborn. And and to you, thank you again for tuning in. I'm so grateful for you stopping by and, and listening. I'm really excited and looking forward to next week as we're traveling back out of the country to Simon Paul Sutton, who I did not know at the time of our conversation. Simon is the curator of an incredible book that I discovered during the last few months called Self Care Now. And it really is 54 answers to the one question, why is self-care important at this time in humanity? And I knew that I wanted to have a self-care conversation with Simon. So please stop back next week for another episode of Living Well While Living Online, which is a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. A big thank you to the team who puts this together, to Michael Bachman, the producer, David DeRoche, executive producer, Heather Popovics on social media, and thank you to Scott Holmes for the theme music. To learn more about our podcasts, you can visit qu.edu slash podcast, and you can listen to all of our podcasts on the platform or app of your choice. You can check us out on Twitter or Instagram at QU Podcasts and feel free to send us an email at QUPodcasts at QU.edu. And until next week, my friends, be intentional, breathe deep, and learn to be your own best friend.